For those who fish, this is the Drake Cast, a voice for culture and conservation within fly fishing. He was tying feathers on a hook. I'll do a hopper with a hopper dropper with a dropper hopper. The river was like a woman. Could be a disco midge, it could be a bead head. I'm your host, Elliot Adler. This episode of the Drake Cast is made possible by our friends at Deli Fresh Design. Yeah, we're at the Deli Fresh Design shop. We're here in Denver, Colorado. We're in a warehouse. So we take raw materials, recycled sailcloth, and then turn them into fly fishing gear. And right now, Deli Fresh Design is running a promo for listeners of the Drake Cast. Head on over to their website, delifreshdesign.com, and enter promo code capital Drake 20, D-R-A-K-E 20 at the checkout. For 20% off soft good products like... There is a fly wallet, and then from there we've got the beer koozie. These are made out of either Cordura, or you could get it in sailcloth, as well as repurposed waders. And oh so much more. Find them online at delifreshdesign.com. Test one, two. Like that. What day of the week is today? Uh, Friday. Today's Friday. I think the 7th of September. 2018 what does friday mean friday means that it's the end means that it's the end of the guiding week this is tyler steffens he's short but still probably has me by a couple inches rocks a ginger beard and when he stuffs a big chunk of chew in his upper lip he looks like an inhabitant of dr seuss's whoville um steak night it's the end of uh, a full week of guiding for all of our guests here and Tomorrow is flyout day. We get new guests in on Sunday and then the whole cycle repeats itself. But yeah, Friday's a good day. And the reason we're talking with Tyler right now is that for the past few weeks, I had the pleasure of working alongside him at a remote lodge in Alaska. He's a solid fisherman, a better guide, and just a great person all around. And today we're gonna take a look at a day in the life of an Alaskan fishing guide. This is just a quick audio snapshot that we hope you enjoy. So can you give me a rundown of your morning routine before we go out and fish? Oh, morning routine. I wake up slowly and I throw on pretty much the same pants that I wore the day before. I change my underwear. Go downstairs, grab a cup of coffee, say hello to the ladies making food in the kitchen. Then you roll out about 15, 20 minutes later, and then I leave for a poop. (laughs) And while our lodge does have running water, us lowly employees are strongly encouraged to use the outhouse. One special thing that we get to do out there is burn our toilet paper. The lodge owner says it helps decrease the smell of decomposition in that holy place. There's nothing quite like a bum fire in the morning. You know, the guests usually roll in. Good morning, guys. How are you, Albert? Doing great. Yourself? Chat about the game plan for the day. Start as a group and work our way up? Yeah. I'm fine with that. Let's go down to bed springs and... Go and gear up after breakfast. Sometimes the guests like to mill around for a little bit and, and get their stuff together, and then some of the guests are just gung-ho and just already in their waders before I can even take my after breakfast chew. So it's maybe 50 degrees this morning, pretty heavy fog, can't see across the lake. Sun's coming up, people have their waders on, and they're eager to go fishing. 
um, your fly rod. Is it one of these guys up here? It's over there. I've got a fly rod rigged up for you. Okay, with the spinner on it. Cool, should we load up? Oh, it's time to go. Alrighty, hop on in, we'll get out of here. From there, the clients hop in the rigs and we're off to the river. Well, I'm not gonna talk about what specific lodge we were working out of. I can give some background as to how the whole operation is set up. Our lodge is located on a lake about two miles from the ocean. There are three different rivers within five miles, all of which hold fish. The rivers are small, much too small to float a boat down. So we do all of our fishing from the shore, and to get to the different fishing holes, we travel by side-by-side, -side, or UTV, basically a four-wheeler that can hold six people. What is silver fishing supposed to be? Silver fishing is a lot like, I mean, you're just trying to irritate a fish. I mean, you're, I mean, these salmon, they come into the system. I mean, the distance between the lodge and the, the ocean is so short that, I mean, these fish, they go from ocean feeding mode to spawning mode really quickly. They don't have a, a long run that they have to make to get to the lake. So their life cycle change happens really fast. So we're pretty much just trying to irritate them and get something in their face that maybe, you know, will produce a strike or, you know, a reaction of some kind. And Our rivers get runs of all five species of salmon, starting with the kings or chinooks, then come the sockeyes in July, followed by legions of pinks and chums, until finally the silver salmon begin showing up towards the end of August. Also known as cohos, the silver salmon in our rivers normally average around 12 pounds and like to eat flies. When they're on, they bite, they jump, they fight, and they taste pretty good if you manage to get them to the grill. But this week wasn't quite normal. You know, normally cohos are pink. Pink on pink on pink with more pink. And that's kind of like the coho rule of thumb is that they love to eat pink stuff. But this week it was a little different. We had crazy conditions, super hot weather, low river. We haven't had rain for like three weeks. And so everything's just dropped way down. The coho have no, like every fish in the whole river has nowhere to go. And the coho, especially since they're so large, they just get, they just get swamped in these little buckets. And then their reactionary strikes turn off because everything's so bright outside because it's sunny and there's low water and there's bears and there's eagles and there's other fish crowding them that they just completely shut off. And so we had to, we had to, we had to get really sneaky. With all of that in mind, Tyler and I set off with our six clients and tried to find some player fish. Hey, bear. Hey, Steve. Hold on a sec, I'm gonna walk up there. Make sure there's no bears. But on these rivers, before you can start fishing, you have to make sure that you're the first one to the hole. Thankfully that morning, there weren't any bears around, but there was another friend hanging on around the shore. There's an eagle on the bank. Sometimes they eat so much salmon that they literally can't fly away for a couple hours. Really? That might be what's happened to this guy. Finally, we get to start fishing. Try a couple casts right up here. There's a few silvers There were plenty of silvers in the hole and an equal number of colored up pinks milling about. Real quiet when you walk through the water here. So they can sense any disturbance. 
Got a pink in the mouth. He ate it. <laughs> Pull him up on shore. You liked your new lure. It's a good looking fish. Swim off. Go back in there, do your thing. Unfortunately, the silvers just weren't playing. But we still kind of had to pretend like they might turn on, because if we move downriver too quick, we'll blow through all the fishable spots on the river before we even see the sun come up. To keep it interesting for the clients, we improvise and give some directions. Oh, nice. Let that drop, let that drop. I like that. Start stripping. Perfect, dude. Couple casts right at me. Oh, nice. Strip that through. You got the feel for it now, huh? Yeah, you. Oh, 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 When our bag of tricks failed to turn the fish on, we moved to a few new spots. Yeah, we stopped at lower. We'll just be here till breakfast. All right, good call. Um, I'll just kind of toss in the lake here. Good plan. Lodge to G-Team. G-Team, go back. How are you guys doing out there? Um, slow. Until finally, the lodge called on the radio to say that it was time to go back and get some grub. Just to get through the week, sometimes it's hard. So what was going on out there this morning? Getting her kicked into the dirt. <laughs> it was a very slow, slow morning. Seeing a lot of pinks. Um, seeing a lot of silvers, face down, ass up, so they're not doing anything, and, but, uh, it's beautiful out. Can't beat the weather. How about the wildlife? What'd you run into this morning? This morning we ran into, uh, ran into a, uh, probably a three-year-old boar, a Kodiak brown bear, and he was, uh, he was doing a lot better, um, fishing than we were, uh, sitting next to him. Too fat to fly was a juvenile bald eagle. It was nice. It was a nice scene. It's beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. After breakfast was some more fishless fishing until lunchtime finally rolled around, and I checked in with Tyler to see how things were going on his end. What do you want me to say? I got, I got nothing but negativity right now. Fishing is tough. There's not a lot of water. There's um, a lot of sunshine. There's not enough fish, not enough room for them to move around, even if there were. Mm, it's pretty tough. But looking forward to bait slapping. Really looking forward to it. Mealtimes offer a necessary reprieve for the guides on weeks like this. We can sneak away for 10 minutes here or there and just have some time for ourselves. And maybe a quick opportunity to chat. 90 second history guiding career. Basically, I started with little walk and wade trips on the Yakima. Used to help run a fly shop in Ellensburg, Washington. And one day, uh, the owner asked me to take a trip out because he couldn't do it and all the guides were booked. And so I went out on, on a guide trip 
without a guide license, without really knowing how to row a boat proficiently or anything. And that's kind of how it started. And then I just ended up guiding in Ellensburg for, I don't know, six, seven years. And then did a bunch of different steelhead rivers over there. And then also guided over in Idaho <clears throat> on the North Fork of the Coeur d'Alene and the St. Joe for a few years. And so this is, I think this is my 10th, 10th year guiding. But it's a little different. Like, why did you choose to come up here? I, I've always wanted to come to Alaska. I mean, I just wanted to come see what Alaska was all about as far as fishing went. And guiding in Alaska has always been on the bucket list. And, and so had an opportunity. Yeah, pounced on it. It's a lot different than what I'm used to. I'm not floating down a river in a drift boat or a raft or anything like I normally do. You know, it's pretty much walking wade trips, but we drive to all of our holes, you know, in side-by-sides. We bomb down these trails and, you know, pretty rugged rugged trails in some of the most beautiful crazy country and and uh get out and you have to scout for for the fish you're hunting for but for coho it's so far it's been it's been a different game we've been searching out pools and trying to be stealthy walking up onto them and make good casts first good few casts are the most important because once those once those get in there and the fish know you're there then you're you're hosed you gotta move on after lunch, Tyler grabbed a grip of cured eggs and rolled out with the old-timers to slap some bait, while I headed to another river a few miles to the west, where I'd seen a few fish holding the previous day. Thankfully, these guys were willing to use fly rods. After stopping at a few holes, eventually I turned the microphone on. Now reel. Reel, reel, reel. Keep that line tight with your finger, and then reel. Reel, reel, reel. Reel, reel, reel. Get him on the reel. There you go. Okay, don't touch that. Let the reel do the work. Okay. okay. Now when he runs at you, you, you reel. How are you feeling right now? amazing <laughs> good work man he's button pretty good keep reeling he starts to run get your hand off the reel I mean, he's not a monster dude it's a beautiful fish <laughs> tried to scoop him a little early there yep keep that pressure on there we go Woo! hell yeah you know what this is it's actually a fresh sockeye. Really? It's not really. even a silver? No. Nobody's caught one of these yet. Sweet. And nobody's caught one on a fly. Heck no. So we're still keeping, right? Yeah, definitely. These taste better than silvers, man. <laughs> that is Congrats, cool. man. I'm really, really pleased for you. <laughs> With one on the bank, albeit the wrong species, the clients were feeling a bit better, but definitely weren't satisfied. We had missed their limit by a long mark. In an attempt to salvage the day, we decided to go after a slightly smaller fish. There are millions of dolly varden, which are an anadromous char that follow the spawning salmon into the rivers where they attempt to eat salmon eggs. And if you put a little plastic bead on the end of a five weight, these fish go crazy. That one smoked it. I got you. Sometimes you get them as small as three inches, but fish up to 25 inches are in the water. After catching more Dolly Varden than anyone could count, we headed back to the lodge. So how was the rest of your day of fishing there, Tyler? Um, it was less than productive, but we had nice weather, good conversation. Saw some fish at the end there. Not the species we were after, but it was, it was a good time. Last time we talked was lunchtime. What happened after the lunchtime? 
Well, after lunchtime, we went and did some uh, bait slapping using cured eggs. None of the coho were interested. They're just in survival mode. They're just trying to get away from everything. So we did that for a little while, and we just all we did was feed the little baby salmon and little dolly in the hole. The coho were so nervous and scared that a seagull flew over in the shadow that it cast on the pool, made all the silvers just scatter. So we knew that we were just wasting our energy. So this evening we got back from doing some bead blasting down on the river, yeah. catching some dollies. And you uh, hooked into a unicorn fish? We did, yeah. Hooked a steelhead, but of course the dude who hooked it was the only one who had never fished before. <laughs> it was off as soon as it was on. Still, you got to see it. Yeah, that's, it was that's good. Just that cheek. There's nothing better. Yeah. Caught a couple rainbows and then just a whole boatload of dollies. Gorgeous fish. So, yeah, it was fun. I mean, we ended the day on a high note, which was good. We needed it. Hoping for rain. Not going to get it, <laughs> but hoping. What What happens from here on out this evening? Uh, well, I'm going to have a beer. Um, I'm going to wait for the dinner bell to ring. And then I hope, I hope we can go to bed early. Because I need a nap, a long eight-hour nap. That's, that's the plan. While the day ended without any silvers coming to hand, it wasn't quite a wash. The end of the day seems like a logical place for an ad break, but when we come back, we'll see if we can't find ourselves one of those coveted silver salmon. Because as they say, there ain't no ho like coho. This episode of the Drake Cast is made possible by the artists and crafters behind Scott Flyrods. It was four years ago that I bought my first Scott fly rod, right before I came up to Alaska for the first time, and she's been with me ever since. On the long Alaskan summer days, my favorite thing to do with her is, after the clients have gone to sleep, I like to grab a stand-up paddleboard and we go fish the lake for arctic char and silver salmon. There's nothing like being in the middle of nowhere, catching fish with your best friend slash favorite fly rod. Find your own better half at your local fly shop or scottflyrod.com. Finally, we couldn't do this without support from the folks at Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures. My name is Camille Egdorf. I work at Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures in Bozeman, Montana, and we are a travel agent specializing in fly fishing travel all over the globe. Camille used to guide up in Alaska and knows all the best spots up there. So I went up to Alaska to do two hosted trips for Yellow Dog, took a couple groups up to my parents' place on the upper Nushigak, and uh, yeah, spent two weeks targeting rainbow trout, grayling, dolly varden, you know, several different species of Pacific salmon. The state really comes alive during the summer, and it solely evolves around the salmon that are there. Being able to share that with others and, and see other people light up when they see the spawning event and catch that 24 to 25 inch rainbow on a mouse and seeing the bald eagles and the bears, it's a special experience. And uh, being able to share it with others is probably one of the coolest things. To book your Alaskan fishing adventure, or any fishing adventure for that matter, trust the folks at Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures. Alrighty, back to the show. The next morning, we followed the same routine. Morning, guys. Start as a group and work our way up. Cool, should we load up? But this time, Tyler agreed to wear the microphone. It's just gonna record the whole time? It's like NFL game day mic'd up. And from what I can gather from the audio, these guys drove down the river to an area we call the Koi Pond. And it gained that moniker based on the number of fish you can always see milling about in there. Just give out a big holler if you uh, hook into something, I'll come running. 
see if we can't get these guys into a fish on the fly this morning. Nice overcast day. Fish in the pool. We're gonna get it. All right, guys. So we got first crack of this pool. So first cast is the most important one. So try not to slap the water unless you're gonna let the fly in. And just about right off the bat. There you go, there you go. Oh, you got one, dude. You got one. Keep it tight, keep it tight. Reel him up, he's gonna get in that tree. Reel him up, at, reel him out of there. He's gonna get wrapped around in that stuff. Oh, dang it, dude. You break off? Yeah. Oh, shit. Ah, balls. Do you know what pound test this is? Okay. It's whatever was on here. Okay. It feels like 15 pound. I think the pool is spooked a little bit. There might be one in the back here that... No, keep do that same cast again. Just come right underneath that bush. Oh, there you go. There you go, there you go! Got him, got him, got him. No, you got a stick. Got a big stick. <laughs> Man, well, because I was... It was right where those fish were. There's two big silvers sitting right there. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! Oh. Okay. So what you what you need to do instead of just like coming sideways with it, just come straight up with it. Yep, straight up. That's three for you today. Oh. Yeah, just come straight up with the rod because anytime you pull it sideways, it's got an opportunity to pop out of their mouth. Shoot. I think that pool's toast for a little bit. You got something going on right here. Who did you think your clientele was going to be when you signed on for this job? <clears throat> did you think these people were going to know how to fish when they came up here? Oh, yeah. I mean, kind of. I mean, it, it's Alaska. I, I had an idea that these people were we're going to know how to fish at least a little bit because I don't know, it's a fly fishing lodge in Alaska. And most people, when they get into fly fishing, they don't say like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go tackle salmon and you know, I'm going to do it in Alaska as their first option for fly fishing. It wasn't what I first thought of when I, I, I would just wanted to go out and catch trout and figure out how to, you know, use a fly rod when I was a kid. And so, yeah, I kind of thought most people were going to know how to do it, and that's not the case. And, and so how hard is it to get someone with that skill level to get a silver on the end of their line in conditions like these? Tough. We've been working our butts off. I mean, it's really, it's, it's difficult and it's aggravating because when they do finally make a good cast, even with a, a spinner, and then they can't click the bail over in time to get it in the right drift or they make a good cast, but then they've got their line, you know, twisted and jacked up around their reel or whatever. And then they can't strip like the way they should. Like, it's just, it, I want to pull my hair out, <laughs> but it's, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's part of, guiding i guess you know you get all walks of life that you know want to learn how to fish back on the water with tyler 
After losing a few fish, the group moved to a new spot. There he is. There he is. Nice. Is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. He's right in the kisser, dude. Okay. All right. Reel up your slack. Reel up your slack. Nice and easy, calm. You got him. You got him. There, you're on the reel. Let go of your line. Perfect. Okay. Now we'll fight him. What's your uh, drag looking like? Tighten that up just a touch. Cool, man. Nice work. Yeah, he's going to run. <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. Just don't let him go underneath that log because he wants to. Did he? No, he's still on. He's just running towards you. He's right there. He's just doing a bunch of head shakes. He's trying. Just, just keep that rod tip up as much as you can. Keep it bent. Come on. Just bring him up. Yeah, got him. Nice, dude. Look at that. That's a nice fish, my friend. Let's check him out. He's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty chrome, huh? Beautiful, dude. Give me some. Nice work. All right, let me uh, dispatch this guy real quick. So, heck of a coho. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more fun than a gear rod, huh? Yeah, yeah. And 10 minutes later. Yes. Okay, okay. Up, up, up. Straight up, straight up. There you go. Good, good work, dude. Okay, get him on the reel there. The day continued with limited success, but by that evening, everyone had landed a silver salmon. But why, why do you do it? I, I guide because I enjoy it. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love being outside. I, I do like teaching people how to fish. I, I enjoy, I, I like to think that I educate people a little bit on fisheries and, and respecting the areas that they're at and appreciating what they're, what they're getting to do. You know, not just because they can afford it, but like where they're at and knowing that this stuff is, you know, it's not going to be here forever. It's nice to it's nice to do that, but I mean, I like working outside and I like teaching people how to cast a fly rod. And I enjoy watching people catch fish, especially someone that's new to fly fishing that's never caught a fish on a fly rod, and they go out there and hook a monster, and you know, you see the smile on their face, and they're all stoked, and then you get pumped, and it's a good time. It makes it worthwhile. You know, even even the hard days, even the hard days are are fun. You get frustrated and you get pissed, but it's it's all it's all fishing, you know. You, you're never guaranteed anything. You just gotta do whatever you know that you can do to try and make it happen. That's good. The fish need it. Yeah. No, we're getting some water. We drank a few more beers as the much-needed rain fell, and the next morning, we sent the clients off in a plane back to civilization. And I actually got to join them. After only three weeks, my guide season for 2018 came to a close. But Tyler's still out there doing the Lord's work. Someone has to. So this one's for you, Tyler. Keep it up. <laughs>